The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprintsWithAZ.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings, family. We are bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. Where we get together, talk about everything out here in the life and the world out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets, yeah. <laughs> Back episode number 70. 70, bang, bang, bang. Here we come knocking at your door, 100. We on our way. Episode 70 coming slapping you upside the temple. A special shout out to a moment in uh, Black Excellence, a moment in one of our unsung heroes, somebody who doesn't get quite their credit in due. Speak on it. Uh, this is a brother out of Philly. And uh, born in Philly in 65. Uh, this guy was, he's been very instrumental and in behind the scenes. What he's known for is is one thing, and he's had some, some great measures of success. But a lot of the behind the scenes stuff is what I, I think gets missed by a lot of people. And at the age of 10, they used to have these uh, big, huge, like summer block parties. And uh, at 10 years old, he used to see all these people dancing, all these people partying, but he was infatuated with the DJ because hmm. he was like, all these people are out here dancing, all these people are, are partying, but like, that's the dude who makes it work. Like, you know, you don't ever see his face. You don't really, most people don't even know his name, but he's the dude that makes everything move. And, and so he wanted to be that guy. Okay. In his career, he uh, uh, accumulated uh, two Grammys. So he's accredited. But uh, if you're in the DJ world or in music and hip hop, B-boy stuff, uh, in 1985, him and another brother by the name of DJ Cash Money, they're the ones that really brought to the forefront something known as the Transformer Scratch. Okay. You know, if you remember the old cartoon, you know, that sound that they used to make when they went from the robot to the plane or the robot to the car, like that little, you know, that, that sound effect where you uh, pull back and, and push forward the record while you uh, mix with the fader, that little, you know, scratching sound, they made that big out of Philly. Uh, he opened up a production company, and out of that company, uh, what we refer to now as Neo Soul, a lot of that artist, those sounds and that influence came out of his camp, came out of his production company. Uh, artists like uh, uh, Jill Scott came through there, Music Soul Child, The Roots, uh, Marsha Ambrosius and Floetry, Jewel, uh, Talib Kweli, Rhyme Fest, like a lot of people have that Philadelphia sound, which which spawned, you know, the Maxwells and the Erykah Badu, that era all came through his production company, A Touch of Jazz. There's a dude who most people know him from his famous friend and, and the partner who he did a lot of work for. But just a little shout out and a little love one time to Jeffrey Allen Towns, a.k.a. DJ Jesse Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff, whose nephew, um, what's it, what is Jaden Smith? Uh, Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Came out. He was talking. I don't even put with when, when, when Jaden Smith says something. I don't even. That's the dude who wore the white man, Batman suit to the, to, to the wedding. Listen, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on to each his own. Love what you love. Love what you do. But I don't know. Like everything, does it have to be displayed on some kind of social media platform? You don't even know what's reality from what's what's real from what's fake. You know, he's now proclaiming, you know, Tyler, the creators, his boyfriend. 
I don't know if it's like boyfriend meaning best friend or boyfriend meaning boyfriend. Yeah, I'm, with Jaden, you don't really get the like he'll be a different kind of cat. I've seen some of the things he's done where he's really like deep and profound. Yeah. And then sometimes you just like he out there in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said, for Jeff, uh, lot of, he doesn't get a lot of the credit he for doesn't. a lot of the stuff he's done musically. Yeah. And I know a lot of us we hold on to those that, that neo soul era, mm-hmm. and he never gets brought up. Not at all. You know, he only gets the, brought up with Will Smith. Yeah. And the his, Fresh Prince. Yeah, his only ties are, are with the Fresh Prince. And you know, we think Neo Soul, they you know, jumped to said Lauren Hill, D'Angelo, all that stuff. But everybody that a lot of that came through a touch of jazz and all a lot of that stuff came through DJ Jazzy Jeff. That's crazy. You know. But a lot going on out here. Man, there yeah, yes, yeah, it's 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 been a second, man. I done came back from Dallas trying to uh rejuvenate myself after all of the election stuff and as I try to rejuvenate myself, we had another big fire out here. But as far as deeping, or should I say dipping into the whole election thing, did you vote? I did not. Wow. <laughs> I got a friend, I got a friend who looked at me with the side eye all the time. So you did vote. not vote? I did not vote. In this... <laughs> Very, very important election. Yeah, and it's not even... Mr. Morris, Mr. Intellectual, Man of the People, Mr. Morris did not <laughs> go to the poll. Yeah, like I said... I That's got why I didn't see you have your sticker on, basically, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, I didn't do that. Everybody put the I voted sticker wow. on. I, said, I got a friend of mine who, who it, it boggles his mind, and he looks at me with contempt and disgust. Whenever it, it would pertain to, to voting stuff. I got a bunch of friends who are politicians and work at the Capitol, so they give me the same side eye. But. I mean, it's it's for all that, um, you know, I've got, the, unfortunately, through the whole voting process of things um, that I was trying to push to because voting to me. And I keep on explaining to folks, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, nor do I believe any black person should be a Democrat or a Republican because those parties do nothing for us. But yeah. voting is a part of the process, but also voting is strategic and strategy, as well as looking at voting. It's a business move. Yeah. Um, of course, propositions and measures. Um, there's certain things that folks said, wow, I can't believe that um, that didn't pass. I think one of those was... Um, Proposition uh, 10. Uh, that was uh, rent control? the rent control piece. And I try to explain some to the, some folks um, the difference between uh, a proposition like 10 and a, a measure like you. You have state and then you have local. A proposition 10 was state. So that means that you got to worry about Los Angeles. You got to worry about San Francisco. You got to look San Jose. All those people and those folks that um, the real estate people, the people that can you know build the homes and yeah. the people that they don't um, want to cap on. Nah. So they, they the all got to be on the same page. So here in Sacramento, you know, we could be all day. No, no, no. But it's a state thing. Yeah. Now, Prop Measure U is something different. It was a local thing. You know, the tax, um, um, you know, hike would be up. I would be eight. I want to say eight point seven five. Uh, that passed. I was helping try to move that because I saw a, a investment that's possible in our communities. And some folks don't see it because. You know, of course, I don't trust the government as far as you can throw it. But I know being at the table when, um, you know, things are being set is a lot different than being on the menu. So I kind of looked at it on a strategic um, level and it got some backlash uh, by a few people in the community. Some ass clowns. One thing that I don't really like is 
when individuals have your phone number, right? Yeah. And they choose to try to think they're going to out you or disrespect or kind of uh, make you look like a fool on uh, the internet. Social media okay. has allowed internet thugs. It's allowed internet bullies. It's like allowed keyboard soldiers. It's allowed a lot of fake gangsterism or a lot yeah. of fake tough guy talk to kind of uh, be spewed. And as well as people thinking that they can say whatever they want to say to you online, but when they see you, that energy ain't the same. Yeah. So I kind of got into a few situations where I usually don't dip into that because I used to do that a lot. In my, um, should I say, younger days of dealing with social media until I really saw, eh, I don't need to deal with that. There's energy. no bottom to that rabbit yeah, hole. But just, every yeah. once in a while, yeah. I get my Tyson on and I sometimes have to give people a Tyson blow okay. just because I think that in a fair one and in a fairness of allowing people to know these people that are talking that revolutionary shit. Some of these motherfuckers are faker than a a, 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 a counterfeit dollar bill okay. because you got to kind of put things in perspective. So sometimes you got to put things in perspective. But when you turn around and you see there are a lot of strategic moves in this voting thing. But when we talk about the engagement and maybe one of the reasons why you didn't vote, let me just as I ask this question, when you look at what happens in Florida Okay. And when he happens in Georgia, right, with the voter suppression and and the kind of things that are happening with these one, uh, two black folk that looked like they were pretty much a shoe in in the change. And you know, with Georgia, with Stacey and um, in Florida with uh, I don't know, I Gillum, Gillum you, 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 you see that reasoning for some black folks that say this is why I don't vote. Yeah. So for me, not voting has it's not even a that even lens. So I, I say it in, in though I'm not practicing now, but I, I have to say how much it formed my thought process growing up. And so I grew up a uh, Jehovah's witness and for so the same turkeys and Christmas. No, for the same for reason, you. I have no attachment to holidays, like zero, like it, 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 it's like, you doing this for Christmas. What day does it fall on Tuesday? It's just Tuesday. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't have any attachment to that. Part of that upbringing was a detachment from things like voting. And so in the foundation of it, it's like you're here to help and to better people and to, uh, so like, so a good example. So I haven't voted, but for people who I would stress, make sure you're informed on what it is you want to vote about. Make sure you look at the things that are important to you, that you feel like you want to, that you want to be a part of something. If you're going to vote, I I don't put my ideologies, feelings, beliefs, or attachments on other people. Uh, so, but to me, even as I've grown older, and like I said, that's not a, a, a faith that I, I, I practice now. It's just apparently it is some stuff that's ingrained because I've never adapted the pro- like the idea and got involved in voting. Mm. I've focused more of my life being involved with people and trying to, if any way, help folks be whatever it is that they feel is the best version of them, and however that manifests itself. But I don't, I don't, I'm not overly involved in systems. Yeah. So. Uh, that's kind of where so like I got a friend of mine like said every time we talk about voting and he's just like I can't believe you like he just figured I'd be the poster child yeah, the vote, for, for, for voting and stuff and I was like nah I got some hippie ways in my brain yeah, like I, mean, it's- I mean you got some good insight <laughs> and, and, and again let's let's be very clear as I state this this is coming from Barry Axius Barry motherfucking Axius to some of y'all voting to me is not the only way yeah and if you believe that is the only way kill yourself Voting is a strategic way to um, definitely secure some wins as well as block some losses. 
And when you when I say that, when you look at some of the um, the crime bills that have been uh, voted on, yeah. right? You look at um, so, uh, the, the the wages uh, uh, that increase that has been voted on. You look at all these different things and how the system has been developed, regardless of the system being uh, against black people and really not catering to black people overall because we were never designed to be a part of the system in a working manner, but more or less as slaves and, um, you know, passive individuals. When you have things that are going on locally, especially in in your community, you have to tap in to see how that will affect you within five to 10 years. I do understand what people as a, um, took a stance with measure you saying that the taxes, um, hike we don't really need it some people were kind of coming out the 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 woodwork with it's going to create black poverty well black people have been in poverty um i look at it in a a chain reaction that the ideas that some people that are at the table to be able to come up with strategic ways for black people to kind of be lifted out of poverty is better than allowing um some monies to just kind of go away as well as understanding that the measure you money just for the local aspect of just kind of breaking down voting and the importance of certain measures and propositions to vote on that this is going to allow certain community centers to continue to keep bringing on programs that's going to help our youth. So that's kind of like my spill on that. But voting as a whole, I'm not going to be subjected to believing voting is something that is going to be the end all be all or falling into some kind of party is going to be something that's going to change uh, uh, the mind frame of, well, the Democrats are for blacks and the Republicans, uh, that shit's all, they're both phony. (laughs) What has to happen, and I hope moving forward, black people will start being um, educated on creating their own political party. The, the adaption for us to be able to say we need to take on everything that has been given to us by someone else, controlled by someone else, has to be adopted, emulated by us to maintain what we need to maintain compared to kind of maintaining a system that does not evolve for us overall. So that's my kind of so, idea so, on that. Something with that that I thought was important, I guess the twofer. One thing is like um, – Asians, Middle Eastern, lowest voter, voter turnout, um, they're not struggling with, with whatever gets passed. They're fine because they're together. And something going along with what you just said, which I think is important. I remember there was this guy, he was speaking, uh, Asian gentleman, and he was talking about how a lot of them who've come over from other countries and different Asian countries. Like it's not like just from China. You know, it's the same thought process. If you're Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese, whatever, the thought Korean, the thought process is the same. They come over, get a job somewhere. Learn how every aspect of the job works uh-huh. from the janitor to the CEO and then leave and start their own and hire all their own people. And, and in a lot of cases, put out the business of the place that they used to work. And that's the problem with black people. A lot of us. We don't want to be the janitor. We want to be the CEO. Yeah. Not understanding that possibly that jan- that, that that CEO used to be the janitor. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get out of that mindset of believing that I got to be on the top. And that's the only way. Before I go from the bottom, working my way up to the top. And however we make it, however we shift it, however we break it down, I'm clearly saying be a part of the process in voting. I do get it. What's happening in Florida, I, I guess they had a recount, but it still didn't go the way. Yeah, because it came down to, I mean, the wire, the wire. Yeah. And then you got 
things in Georgia where they're arresting people right now in in, in what in their uh, I want to say what in the the, the, the governor's office. Yeah, they were having a, a special hearing, and the sister I can't place her name who they were uh, they were having a, a special hearing. She was out because they were at recess. Yeah. And at the same time, the police were telling everybody to clear the floors no. and leave. And she's a senator. Yeah. And, and she got arrested. And she got arrested yeah. because she was still there when they were trying to get people yeah. cleared. And so the voting suppression that's going on, like in Georgia, I mean, I get it. It's real. But that also lets you understand that if our vote wasn't important, they wouldn't be doing the things that they've been doing in Florida, um, you know, in Georgia. I don't know how the hell uh, Ted Cruz got one in Texas, but it's all these different things that I know it discourages folks. But if you're not going to vote, then you got to build. Yeah. If so, you're not going to build, then you got to support someone that is building. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm a firm Like I said, so my life, I hear the, the you need to vote. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. There's a lot of people who, who say, well, if you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain. Or if you don't. Well, first off, I'm not a huge proponent of complaining anyway. Uh, but I, I do think that you can get out there and, and that's not even just for a campaign for me or my thought process, but you can get out there and get a lot done, even if you're not voting, even if you were a felon and lost your ability to vote mm. the same way that if you were uh, if you're not from here and you don't have the ability to vote, you can still do a lot of work in your community, a lot of work in your area with your family, with the people around you, business building, economics, there's a whole like you said, voting is not the only it's way. It's not the only way. So, you know, my uh, my sister, Mama Roe, we did a whole black vote what's in it for us we did a three-part series our, i caught part of that I caught, I caught the first one, the first you, part. you know okay. hopefully you enjoyed it and um we're gonna have our third part of, of the the final part of that series and we're gonna have a, a real engaging conversation with some young voters some older voters some people that um are part of the political process and some people are on the outside looking in and just kind of getting in so shouts out to mama roe and her platform earth mama healing um, just a dope platform. Just kind of. I did a show for four hours. That night. We had a four-hour conversation. We set a record, as longest broadcast she's ever I'm, done I'm, on that I'm, show. Yeah. When we sat down. I'm probably sure, especially with you. I told her. I, I told her I can talk. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. We, 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 as the fans know that, so that's a kind of like one of those those um, you know points of degrees that we just have to kind of figure out. If we're not going to vote, then we got to build. If you're not going to build, you got to support. If you're not going to support, then well. There, there's nothing really else you can do because supporting, I was going to say, you're going to buy. Well, buying is supporting. So we have to figure out a way to figure out what do black people want to do to get us all on a kind of a page where it's making sense, right? It's making sense. It's okay. Well, I don't know how to be the builder, nor do I know how to make and create a, a business, but I can support that. Yeah. We have to be able to start uh, uh, you know, squaring this thing out because if we continue to like sit around waiting um, for Jesus to come to save our lives, or just waiting for white people to wake up one morning and say, you know what, we're just gonna just start treating them better, treat y'all better, and you know, <laughs> everybody's equal. We're, yeah. Enough is enough. If you are paying attention, if you're paying attention to uh, uh, America and Trumpism, that is opened up or re-engaged racism that has just been kind of surfacing and sleeping um, through the night and it's kind of reopened and reignited it but has never clearly let me tell you has never ever left the the pulse of America yeah. if it's not now the time to kind of let get something going I don't know when yeah because I think that it's important that we pay attention to you know what our piece of this is and, and what we need to be doing 
And a lot of that comes into the information we take in, the sources that we go to, what we think is important and the kind of actions and behaviors that we exhibit while we're out here. And it's always important to try to do the right thing and build and support and, and, and to build up the community. But there are some individuals out here who are not doing what they need to do. Man. And that brings us to Brother Barry. Segment. God damn it, man. I do apologize for the last time we didn't have the Silly Negroes of the week, Silly Negro of the day. And when we're at our closing ceremony show, December, we're going to have the Silly Negro of the year. <laughs> Trust me, there's plenty of Negroes that's going to meet that that uh, uh, achievement. But we're going to have to break it down to probably just one. But Silly Negro of, of, of the week, ah, it's unfortunate. It is Bay Area rap artist, a former colleague of mine when I was in the hip hop game, Messy Marv. Okay. Messy Marv. Um had some great hits playing with my nose. I, I, I hate to say that, but that was one of the hits. Was one of those rap artists um, in the Bay Area that really uh, took over the scene. Uh, was really on a Matt Dre E-40 level until he got caught up, you know, played with his nose a little bit too much and went to prison. Caught a few bad ones, had got jumped in Reno or something like that. So there's a lot of different things that happened with Messi Marv. But Messi Marv has been known for his lyricism as well as his, his gangster bravado. But here's the thing. Messi Marv has always been um, a little bit of an edgy rapper, right? Okay. And at the same time, as Messi Marv, you know, as I've said, playing with my nose, he's probably dibbled and dabbled with a few extra drugs that we would probably say, eh, you might need to chill out. Well, Messi Marv is now engulfed in this big feud with Jay Diggs, another rapper um, in the Bay Area, Vallejo, Thiz Entertainment, for those who don't know, um, used to be signed with Matt Dre, RIP to the Cuddy. And Messi Marv, in this social media beef with Jay Diggs, decided to go on live and go to Jay Diggs' hood. Now, he didn't go to Jay Diggs' hood on some can we talk, let's square up, yeah. but he went to Jay Diggs' hood to lay some shit down. And what he did was go on live, showed the AR, him and his co-defendant or Cody or guy that he was running with, yeah. showed the burners literally on live. I'm watching like this dude is not driving, talking crazy, showing guns. Yeah. I'm smelling indictment. And what he does is he pulls up in Jay Diggs hood. Of course, Jay Diggs was in on vacation. He was somewhere in Hawaii. And I'm sure that Messi Mars knew this. And he pulls up where there were kids and women and maybe one or two guys. So he pulled up with an AR-15 talking shoot? about where Jay Diggs is at. He didn't shoot, but you hear his guy, his Cody saying, you know, do you want me to let one off? And thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. But there were women and kids where he pulled out. And this whole thing is being recorded. And then afterwards, he's basically talking about it with, with, with so much venom and, and, and so much animosity, but so much stupidity about exactly where he went, what he had, what he did, and everything under the sun. Rap artists from the Fillmore area of where he claims he's from, like uh, JT the Bigger Figures, has denounced it. Of course, Jay Diggs is in Hawaii. The feds are probably watching. Messi yeah. Marv also, let me include, just got out of prison. Don't know if he's on he's parole. On, he's on his way back. <laughs> and just the stupidity and ignorance of grown men. These guys are not teenagers. 
They're close yeah. to their 40s. And he probably got to be 50 now. Maybe, maybe even close to that. I would say yeah. late 40s. Yeah. But they're not young yeah. spring chickens. And they're not teenagers. And what they're doing is they're trying to create this kind of bravado to get likes, to get the shares, and, and to impress young teenagers or young gangsters online like they still got it. And to me, that's the most ignorant, most stupid, most, um, you know, arrogant thing you could ever want to do in this day of social media where we know the feds. And when we talk about feds and we talk about people snitching, where more people are snitching on themselves by giving up all the evidence because they want to live this reality TV show on social media because they want to show people how hard and how gangster they are because of this, because of the ignorance, because of the foolishness. And not only because of that, because this dude pulled out with women and kids. Yeah. And if he's in Vallejo, there's a whole lot of places you can, you can jump out the car where there's no women and children. There's a bunch of dudes. If you really want to press them. Listen, women and kids, (laughs) you're pressing women and kids. And you knew this guy was in Hawaii. And you did it all on live. There is no way I could say that's gangster. There's no way I could sit there and salute that. There ain't no way I could sit there and clap. And there's no way I could say that dude is really gangster. The only thing I can say, that Negro is a silly ass Negro. And when this Negro goes to jail, please, no one say free, free messy free, mark. Free messy mark. Nah, free yeah. messy mark. Keep that Negro where he is. The Negro needs to get clean. And this is something also Uncle B wants to tell all my young people. This is what happens when you play with your nose, when you uh, uh, do meth and you do other kind of drugs because the brother looks like he's awful and he got blonde hair now. He's a dark skinned brother. It, it just doesn't look good. So Messy Marv is our silly Negro of the week. Uh, and he's living up to his name. Brother. <laughs> like, like if you like if you saw the kind of ignorance, like I'm literally like this dude got to be a little bit more game tight. I think that's what kind of scares me. Because some of these people, I've been around some of these guys, right? Yeah. And as you mature, you're thinking that they're going to mature. And you know they have to kind of live up to some kind of gangster kind of persona. They clock in. Yeah, they, they, they have to the gangster persona because that's what they – they're not rapping love songs. Yeah. They're rapping about the same stuff that, shoot, I used to be involved with 10 years ago. So I get it. But in this day and age of social media – when all the freaking feds, the police, all they do is, like, oh, look at here. They look at it all day long. They got people that that's what they do for a living. Yeah. If you're not familiar, there is a it's not even the point of a task force. It is an actual department <laughs> whose job is is do every branch of law enforcement through your local police department, FBI, CIA, hey. every branch you can think of who checks social media. And if you're not quite sure. So here's the thing. If you think those cute little uh, dog filters that you use on Snapchat and, and all the different face exchanging, every time you press your, your face, it shows a little uh, uh, circle around your face to sync up for the for the uh, apps, for the filters. And that's facial recognition software. Listen. And so every of your apps, all your apps where you take pictures and selfies. All have facial recognition software. That's why on your Facebook, you'll get a notification that says uh, you want to be tagged in this nah. or it will tell you who's yeah. in the picture because the software recognizes yes. who's already in the yes. picture. And then with your cell phone, you're pinging your GPS. So you've already identified you. 
whoever is with you, where you were at, time lapse to to where everywhere you went to, like is internet uh, this uh, social media snitching? It, it's it, you're telling on yourself. Yeah, yeah, and then that's the thing about it. So I don't want to hear. When he comes on talking about I got set up, <laughs> niggas is snitching because that's what they always do. You're snitching on yourself, homie. Yeah. And for grown ass men to behave like that, I can't condone like that behavior. It's like, let's be let's not let's be gentlemen. Let's be businessmen. Let's let's grow out of that that idea and that persona, man. It's not giving the youngsters who's looking up to y'all like, man, it's not giving them anything to, to to reach when they get older what you want them to do the same exact thing that's the shit that's crazy to me okay because that off of that point there and and something that our young people when they look up to the men in the community and they see oh, so this this is what it is like this is what i'm supposed to grow up to be i'm supposed to be like you yeah you know and, and be all like i would you you are only you are me just 20 something years older yep. like you in no better position no you you just me 20 something years old and this and, 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 and just to clear up, and the reason why it's like real crucial that it's an artist like this because he's very popular and he's very influential. Like there was one particular time, like that dude before he kind of really just started losing himself with the drugs and all these other different things and kind of different beefs that he was having. Like he was as influential as like a Mac Dre, as an E40 in this Bay Area, and even no national. He was getting recognized. So when you see that, you're like, oh man, not a good look. Yeah, because we have to watch like it. The imagery is already hard for what our our young men look up to for what they think this world is waiting for them. They see all the time. They see that they are the picture of crime. They say that they see that they are the face of drug dealing. That they're the the face of all things bad in, in America. And so when they see somebody who's you know quote unquote made it. Still perpetuating that negative stuff, it, it it makes it hard. And we've got cases where we've got you know brothers out here who are doing the right thing. Like I mean, <laughs> and you got cases where they weren't. Let's just before you say doing the right thing, weren't doing the wrong thing. Nah. And and bad things happening. You know, you got twelve year olds playing in the park, mm. just getting shot in in the middle of the day for no reason. You got people who have uh, who are in possession of a firearm in a carry state. With all the proper paperwork, losing their life. Mm. You know, you got a brother who risked his life and saved the lives of others. Mm. You know, um, moment for uh, was J brother Jamel, Jamel Roberson, mm -hmm. the uh, security guard who was uh, doing his job above and beyond. You know, saved the lives. Just coming off the heels of that mass shooter. That they had, it took the lives of all those people. He's working, you know, bar club security, and a, you know, guy gets escorted out, comes back with a gun, opens fire. This brother detains him, holds him for the police to come. <laughs> and as soon as the police show up, even with the crowd yelling, this dude's security open fire and kill him. Mm. And when things like that happen, this is what our young people look at, and they're like, "This dude was doing the right thing." And this happened to them. Yeah. Like they really need to see models of possibility where it works. Mm. They really need to see brothers who were doing what they're supposed to do. Reaching out, communicating, building and growing in the community. You know, every woman can't be a, 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 a bee and a hoe all day, every day. Yeah. You know, what I mean, the, the only way to get it can't be through illegal stuff because there are so many negative influences and then positive actions that still lead to negative results. 
Like it, it's so important that if you've got a, a degree of a voice and you know people are looking at you, even if you're not like the man on TV or the radio, or whatever. But you know, you're the dude on the block. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the guy in the apartment complex. You know, you're the dude in your house. That that we got to we got to tighten up. I, and, and it, it it just it just when you talk about a, a black male, yeah, security guard, security guard. With a T-shirt that says security, big bold letters, big bold letters, the whole bit. Yeah, and in an area, Chicago, that has been notoriously known for what media massages black on black crime. Oh, it's it's the mecca, the mecca, black (laughs) on black crime, mecca black crime. That 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 phony idea, black on black crime. You know that Negroes even start peeling and taking it because they don't know no better, right? Um, and again, as I always say that I say it in a very sarcastic manner because there's no such thing as black on black. Yeah. But you have him stopping a shooter. <laughs> yeah. S- stopping someone that was going to do whatever. Already open fire. He already opened fire. So okay, so they already so they was about to get busy. So it was already getting the dude's already he, getting busy. He figured out a way to detain a active shooter. Apprehends an active shooter. Where you turn around in the last two weeks, we have had multiple mass shootings. Yes. White guys coming in, laying people down. Yes. White guys laying people down and leaving unscathed, getting arrested, and are now going to be able to face... A, a jury of their peers. Yeah. And a majority of these cases. Right? Yes. And here you have a black man doing the right thing who, from what I hear, wanted to be a police officer himself. Yeah. yeah. This was his uh, setup. Because of the race, racial bias that America has, not just this police, but just America has for black men or black women. As soon as they saw the black man with a gun or whatever, did he have a gun yeah. at the particular time? Yes. They killed him on the spot without even trying to figure they out what happened. What was going on? And it leads me to believe in some of these mass shooting cases. Yes, they are shootouts, but they're not even shooting to kill. It seems like because even when allegedly some of the shooters get hit. We don't know if they're hit or not. That's yeah. what they say. Well, no, no. Most of the, the cases of mass shooters that are not taken alive, they're self-inflicted yeah, gunshots. Okay. But 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 what I'm saying from like the last one, the synagogue one, they okay. said that, you know, he shot and he probably got hit by the firing from, you know, the police officers, okay. right? But they still are able to have their day in court, right? Yeah. And most of them so much time goes on. I think they're doing science projects with them because you don't even hear about them after a while. Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 very rare you hear, okay, so-and-so for the mass shooting got 25 to life. It's just always like, well, what happened to this guy from Columbine? What happened to him? But going back to the actual point that I'm making, how is it that we as black people are supposed to believe that these police officers are not looking at race that when you hear this story clearly this had to do with race because white mass shooters live 
black security guard hero dies. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up, man. Yeah, they literally, and with the entire crowd of people who were sitting there shouting, he's security. And what lets you know that the degree of bias, the only, because what happens with us when something happens, the first thing is, is what what we didn't do that we should have or what we did wrong. And But something with him in particular, the one of, in the original, first off, two parts. First thing, shout out because she was from here for a while. The one who broke the story that I first, that got a lot of national, her clip got shown uh, nationally was uh, Tia Ewing. She was a reporter from here. Oh, she, Tia. Tia uh, is the one who, who was the one out there reporting uh, on, on the scene. Nice. She's in Chicago now. Shout out one time to Tia Ewing. Uh, Damn, she over there getting a lot of biz out there. Yeah. And the other part was, is that when it went through, when they started talking about who he was as a security guard, uh, and the first thing stated was is that he did not have a concealed to carry permit. Because that had absolutely no relevance in when the police showed up. They didn't ask him if he had a permit. They didn't even ask who he was. They didn't ask anybody the situation. But that was what was put out there initially. Well, he didn't even have a, a permit for a concealed to carry. Well, if he got pulled over or if he got stopped and they detained him for that or went to jail with it, that's a valid argument. But the fact is that they pulled up and saw him and just opened fire and, and, and took this man's life without question, that has nothing to do with it. But that's a big difference in this country is that when it comes to the mass shooter that they just had, he had the first thing associated with him. He was a vet. He suffered from PTSD. He had, must have mental illness. There must be something that happened to him for what would lead him on that day. That. And look at we had a episode and we were talking about the 11 in a synagogue to come back. And there's now another 13 in um, California. Right. And some bar in Southern California. Uh, Yeah. Right. By the the, where the fires are Uh, to 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 be to where we watch and we see how quickly. It goes from a narrative of, well, he wasn't supposed to have a gun to, well, PST, uh, PSTD and oh, my God. And he and, and the, the picture that they threw up on uh, uh, the, the the other mass shooter, the military outf- outfit, the, you know, oh, my God. So automatically, you know, he his girlfriend probably son. broke my, his, his he heart. And, my brother, you know, he the could've... military, you know, they, 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 you know, the pressures that they're going in, the stress. We got to take care of our vets. Mass shooting is mass shooting and crazy is crazy. And white people have to understand a lot of y'all's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of y'all's crazy. It's crazy that you still care about a person's skin color. It's crazy that you still care about someone's language. It's crazy that you still act as if black people are, 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 are scary or, or um, you know, Muslim people are terrorists. It's still crazy how you believe that you founded this country. It's crazy how you believe you're superior. It's crazy how you think there's no such thing as racism in America. It's actually crazy for you to tell us that race does not matter. And in all these cases, in this situation, we just had a whole bunch of mass shootings 
the last show, come back, here's another mass shooting. And the way you look at both situations, the media depicts it this way. He's military. He was suffering from these conditions. And the media depicts it this way. Well, he didn't have, well, he, well, he wasn't supposed to have a gun, but. Uh, so and, it's his fault. <laughs> so we're looking at all these different angles. And the last part of this all is the police continue, whether they get someone thrown in prison because they just had one of their own go to prison uh, um, for the, the, the uh, shooting of the young teen um, in Chicago. Uh, in um, the back? Uh, in the back. Yeah. They just had that. It still shows that there still needs to be some real repercussions and accountability for officers um, that act without wit and, and kind of use excessive force in these kind of ways because I guess they didn't get the memo. They saw, they seen, they killed, and what they saw, seen, and killed is a target that they're being told to see and kill, and that's a black man or black well, woman. And also, I, I think, because where a lot of people, whenever you hear the phrase of white privilege or you hear of racism, there's a lot of people who, they, their natural go-to is they picture the Ku Klux Klan and they picture, you know, I have to hate somebody. Something as simple as, when you see him dressed in his the, the, the shooter in his military garb, he looks like me. <laughs> no, I'm saying like like and, and for the culture, it's like uh, they look at him. That looks like my brother. That could have been my son. That could have been my cousin. He looks like my husband. Like the, and so the initial connection is why you have to see him in a humane light because you see yourself in him. Yes. So to sit there and say this person is just inherently evil or inherently wrong or just corrupt and still see your son in him and still see your husband in him, that type of, of connection is that's what F's people up. But when you have an idea of people, of another group of people, and it was the uh, Cat Williams joke years ago, something that this country is amazing at. We don't refer to them as people. We give uh -huh. them tags. He was talking about the the. Uh, soldiers overseas you know we, we don't call them people we call them insurgents mm. you know if you sat there and said you know 272 men women and children were bombed at three o'clock this afternoon by u.s fighter pilots you may feel a certain kind of way the united states took out several hundred insurgents you're up there cheering, cheering screaming usa mm. you know to to associate you know uh pregnant mothers and with infant children and, and sick grandmothers who were looking for 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 solace were were detained and caged and, and and separated from their families at the border that would tug at your heartstrings but to say that we detained and corralled these illegals coming in yeah that's that's border patrol that's protecting america that's what we're supposed to do mm. You know, and so these narratives that separate us with classifications and these these, you know, promoting what we what, uh, these people are this and these people are that. I'm just saying if you out there trying to say that you can't identify, you can't see the racism, you can't see the uh, the issues because you don't walk around with hate in your heart. Then look around and say, do you have a little more affection for somebody than somebody else for no other reason than they look like you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not even saying you're wrong for that. Because if we walk around and see a black person to give them some dap for no other reason than being black, then I'm saying, okay, fine. But let's acknowledge it. Brother, let me tell you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I just, I, I, you know, I'm just kind of lost for words when it comes to things like this nowadays. Because it's just, none of this shit makes any sense. 
um, and how they're going to try to justify, even in the sense of with the young lady, the police officer that killed the brother. With the new DA down there, the new... Uh, yeah, he's going to... He said he, he wants to like go for murder. And, and that's good. It's a black DA. Let's shoot up, shoot, shout out to him. <laughs> you know, yes, 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 yes. That's why voting is important, too. <laughs> but, hey, you, do, you do vote your DA in. We didn't vote a good one in, but you do vote your DA in. But the fact that they created this, this study just in the nick of time to sit there and say how many hours... I, and it was funny because I was just in Dallas. Right. Just in Dallas, right? Um, got to go and see uh, where the person used to live yeah. that got shot, actually. You know what I mean? Got wanted to be taken down there to see this, feel the environment, feel the, the energy. Just being there and hearing that they were saying, oh, yeah, well, police have been overworked 16 hours and all this other mumbo jumbo. And it's like, duh. Like, who didn't know that? And so if that's going to be your case of why she caught amnesia because she was so tired that she didn't realize, well, this isn't my apartment. I and parked it wasn't. on the wrong floor, walked oh my to the God. wrong apartment. Well, who's that black guy? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm if that's what you're going to say, that's bullshit. That's the problem. Stop making excuses for the racism and the ignorance that we have been forced to accept because you have been accomplices to it. That's the issue. The problem is, guess what? Police, of course, we know they're overworked. Guess what? Police definitely probably need a little bit more downtime. But also, police need to be checked, held accountable, be more transparent. Police need to, after these shootings, need to be drug tested. We need to find out why these police officers are getting um, more uh, 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 frequent psych evals to figure out where where are, are, are is their head at. Because the trauma that they see every day, I mean, as a black person, we live with trauma, yeah. right? We, we've been traumatized since we popped out, you know what I mean? And we figured out, well, we're black. It's a little bit different, you know what I'm saying? I think the only time we don't know trauma is when we're like little babies because we just don't really know nothing until we start realizing my skin is different than your skin. And you learned that by elementary school. Exactly. So then trauma begins and then you get to be enforced with all of the traumatic things that has happened to you historically. So you're just like, whoa, <laughs> like I am just trying to live I'm not trying to have to deal with all of this. So whether it's crack trauma, whether it's slave trauma, whether it's um, um, in, in, in uh, education trauma, whether it's prison trauma, it's trauma, 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 whether it's generational trauma, whether it's family trauma, community trauma. It's like we're surrounded by it. So when we try to pretend that these these race soldiers can do their job without having the proper methods to make sure that one those police officers are fit and okay to serve the public without checking, getting them psych evals, get doing some random drug tests to see. Because we're just going to sit there and pretend like all oh, these police officers, you know, they know they're on duty. They're not shooting up some liquor or um, smoking a blunt every blue blue moon. I mean, you're on a 16-hour shift. If you're on a 16-hour shift. I don't care what business, what job you have. Yeah. If there's things that you're addicted to, you're going to figure out a way in that 16 hours to get to do what you need to do. Yeah. 
You're just not going to go cold turkey within 16 hours. So if you're a pill popper, you're going to figure out you're going to pop a pill. If you're a weed head, you're going to figure out how I'm going to go ahead and puff on a little bit of something, something. If you're a drinker, it's no problem to get a little bit of uh, a little bottle of of Jack and throw it in your uh, your mouth real quick and keep it moving. My thing is if we keep on allowing ourselves to pretend that we don't need to get more in tune to what is going on psychologically with these police officers across the board in America by doing random drug testing, um, by doing these psych evals, by limiting the time that these officers are on the streets and where they're um, doing the 16-hour shifts. There's a difference of being on these cold streets of Chicago for 16 hours and then being on a 16-hour shift in Malibu. Yeah, it's totally different. You bike patrol in Hawaii for 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 for, for, <laughs> for, for four I, sixteen. I, yeah, you could be a little stressful, I, but it's not the same. It's not the same kind of stress. Negative ten overnight in the when still got to keep head on a swivel and and what you see on a regular basis for twenty four hours. And there's something else too. PTSD and mental. It's like PTSD is only applies to to white Americans. That's it. And, you know, like like that, that don't out, exist with black that out is only applies to them, but the goalpost only gets moved for us. No. So the the the, the measure in which you have to sh- like like I said, this brother was working a security oh. job with a shirt that said security in a situation where he was only taking the job to earn extra money to buy Christmas gifts for his nine month old son and his baby on the way and his woman. Like this wasn't even his primary job right here. Crazy. He picked this job up to make some extra money. And in a job extra money to get extra killed. Yeah, in his second job, in his side hustle, he saw imminent danger of people he didn't know. He could have very easily pulled what that with that armed guard at the Parkland shooting did. I ain't going in there. He could have very easily did what a lot of folks, what was it, the sheriff at that other shooting? He said, I'm waiting for backup. He could have very easily did what I'm sure a bunch of them other employees who were working that night did, hid in the bathroom, duck behind a bar, or he was outside. He could have just bounced. But he went back in there to save people he didn't know for a part-time job. And the first thing that they wanted to address is he was wrong. If he had a had, if he he didn't have the permit, so he shouldn't have had the gun. And if he didn't have the gun, <laughs> he the cop would have shot. shot. That's the line of thinking when it pertains to us. Mass shooter walks into a busy nightclub and opens fire on complete strangers. And we got to talk about all the ways that the world did him wrong and all the ways that brought him to that point, because no rational, sane human being could do that. And he just must have fallen victim to the things and the trauma he had seen in his life. And we need to be understanding of him like those narratives meet literally mean the difference between life and death in America. The narrative that black people face is that we have to, at all costs, make sure we have a reasoning for everything we do. Everything. Everything we do, everything we say, and white people are are just kind of protected by their privilege and that the system works for them and it works against us. And it's designed to keep them empowered and it's designed to keep them safe. Um, just just shaky, man. <laughs> you know, it's just real, real shaky. Doesn't look good. But Tamir Rice didn't look good. Um, no. You know, Six uh, seconds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Six seconds on Eric, Gardner, Eric Gardner, Eric uh, Gardner didn't look good. No. Um, I just think that the more and more time you hear about these things, 
the way it happens, it's like, huh? So you're saying that he had a security outfit and he apprehended a shooter and they didn't shoot the shooter, but they shot the security guard. Yeah. He big, was big, big black dude with a gun. He got to be a criminal. He was how old? And he 26. had a toy gun oh, and he got right. shot. I'm just going into this. Yeah. It's kind of like the ideas. Um, she was a black woman that, uh, uh, you know, was called on by called the police to help, but she got shot. Uh, he knocked on the door to get some help because he crashed his car and he got killed because he was asking for help. It just it doesn't make any clear sense to a rational mind. And I hold all parties responsible as far as law enforcement, the system that we live in, because if it was a strong stance and it was some real um accountability and transparency through through the board of, of law enforcement and as well as strict policies that prevent these kind of things that um, if you do A, B, and C, you will be kicked off the force. You will be suspended without pay. Not okay, suspended with pay. Uh, then we'll come bring you back and then we'll figure out and for two years, we've got to just kind of lay low, bring you over here and, you know, job well done. Or worse off, or we got to let you go here. But we got the plug in this other county for you. Exactly. Just lay lay low for about a year. We'll get you back. back. For six months or so, reapply over here. I'll write a letter for you. Exactly. I I know it was BS, man. We just got a politics. We got to let you you, go. But I'm going to send you over here to to the homie at this district. Yeah, you protect who you have to protect, and the people aren't protected, and the black people aren't protected. So this shit is just crazy, man. It's just, it's another person that didn't have to die. It's a, a, another family that have got to pick up the pieces. It's another family that has to go into this fight that I'm telling you, it's exhausting because the results you get are so minimum and the wins you think you win are are, are almost like eh, sometimes they're just as bad as a loss. But I guess there are ways that you say, well, we're doing a little bit to kind of make a change. But to be honest with you. All of the stuff that's happened within the last five years with all these heinous acts of police killings, I don't see any significant change at all. And think about what that man's children are going to grow up to be in Chicago. Wow. Nine month old and another one on the way who are going to grow up in an environment where their daddy did the right thing and was killed by the police. What do you think they're going to think of the police when they grow up? What do you do you think that they're going to see the police as someone to call to help? Do you think that they're going to see what element do you think they're going to gravitate to when they think about who to lean on and who is the support structure? Their mom. She's a young, young woman with a with a baby and another one on the way. And then the thing about it is also um, when we look at this (laughs) now, you're really going to tell me that, again, all these black on black shootings is all the gangsters shooting each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if you're that quick to pull out your ratchet on a guy that's supposed to be on your team, yeah. uh, you you know, that theory of me believing that black people are just killing each other, we throw that shit out the window. Yeah, we got it. That's for another show. That's we, definitely we got a lot of other reports <laughs> because that show some other information. This is some other that. type shit. And you know what's so funny about this, this season, the season of the holiday season, which I don't deal with. 
I may do some things um, in the community just because um, giving back does matter. Yeah. Our philosophy is that as of course we're going to be doing our our Thanksgiving or excuse me, our giving back, uh, 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 you know, drive. where We go out, you know, feed the people and go ahead and, and give them some toiletries and things, things of that nature to keep them right. Blankets, whatever. Um, what define definition of hypocrisy comes when you have these police officers that will now be giving out turkeys, these police officers that now will be giving out bikes, these police officers that will now be in these communities spreading joy and, and, and spreading uh, um, the Christmas cheer and uh, uh, the Thanksgiving drives that they'll be at. You'll have them now here in this place where they're the givers when necessarily they're the takers of life. So they're going to give you joy, but in the same sense, they've taken your joy all throughout the year, but this next two months, they're going to be like, oh, we're the good guys. I hate that shit, yo. Hey, Nino Brown handed out turkeys. Yeah, there you go. And when we talk about you know the, the, this time of year and stuff going on, something news and noteworthy in the Sacramento area to address. Yes, yes, yes. If you're out here in the Sacramento area and you are one who's going to go out there and get your, uh, get your holiday shopping Man. on... It's a good opportunity to do a twofer to not only get the shopping that you want after Thanksgiving, Black Friday sales start, but also to support a lot of the uh, local black businesses of the Sacramento area. The uh, Shop Black Friday Sacramento is November 23rd from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 2251 Florin Road in Sacramento, California, 95823. That's uh, 2251 Florin Road in Sacramento. That's the uh, Sojourner Truth uh, Museum out yeah. here in, in South in Sacramento. By the time this podcast comes out, you'll still have some good uh, time to prepare for, for yeah. this day. It's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, hundreds of, of local black businesses across the board. So if you're gonna go out and get your, you know, go to the big box stores, or go to the malls and stop and through do all that. Come on through. Now, you know, it would be great if you did all your shopping if you're gonna shop there. But if you can buy a few things, yes, you know, come uh, on through. You gotta support. You gotta buy black, build black, support black. So uh, make sure you come out to the shop Black Friday Sacramento, November 23rd here in Sacramento. Yes, and uh, you know, me and my colleagues uh, Dana and Aisha. We're kind of, uh, no, we're not kind of. We are building the Black Friday Coalition. Um, we decided to kind of make sure that we are going to respond the way we're supposed to respond and, and responding by giving people an avenue to make some money, you know, black economics and also giving our people, you know, you know, the information to say, hey, y'all want some alternatives. Here's the alternatives. Come over here. Like these are the type of things that I have to do in my community. I yeah. just have to kind of set the bar. Um, you know, me and the homegirls, we're putting it together. Shouts out to all the folks that have kind of weighed in on it and to the, the vendors, you know, come out and support. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's our first annual one. We plan on doing this for every Black Friday since we can't stop them from going to Black Friday. We can't stop them. We can't boycott. We can't do that. Yeah. You know, here's what we're going to do. Create the alternative. Yeah. That's my whole thing. Create the alternative. Because these things are necessary when we look at what's going on in the community, our families, our economic situation. Uh, whether it be, like I said, voting is not the only way that, to get out there to build, to get out and to support, to be there for one another. Uh, the seasons are changing. It's getting cold outside. It's not only getting cold, man. It's the, the, the air is crazy. Yeah. And if you well, go that too, it's getting cold <laughs> outside and we got to make sure that we are taking care of uh, ourselves and our loved ones. 
And uh, speaking of which, shout out to all the, the, the folks out there who are going through it through all the multiple fires out here in California. Multiple. The uh, town of paradise no longer exists. I don't know if I want to uh, give a shout out to everybody. I mean, I feel bad, but I think some of those places that are going up in smoke probably need to go up in smoke. Well, I'm just saying that that's gone. But there have been people who have been drastically affected who didn't even live in that town. Yeah, I mean, and then the fire that might be controversial over how I say it, but I think sometimes, you know, uh, bad things happen to bad people at times. True, as well. But but still, still for all, for all the thousands of people been affected. Yeah, because it's we're being affected right now. because yeah. smoke is all over the place. And so for the uh, so if you're in the area and you've had these the smoke problems, make sure that you're not outside doing too much. Uh, to all the people in Southern California, the Malibu fires, uh, all the people who lost their homes and the lives lost. Call down Kanye there. and um, Kim. Make sure they because, all right. No, no, because you know they called a private, you know, firefighter team to help save their homes. Hey, making money makes a difference. But see, but that's the thing about it, I can't understand. Even in a sense of tragedy, that's why I'm like just baffled by this whole thing. Like, how the hell are you going to be able to get your private firefighters to save y'all asses and everyone else's shit burn up? It happens. That shit crazy, man. All the folks of the San Bernardino fires that just have started up again, started up as well. And I think these fires is all set up, too. And I don't appreciate Jerry Brown for now having to put us on the charge because now he's going to charge. We're going to get charged more for PG&E to help the settlements. I'm not into that, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. No, I get it. There's, there's a lot going on out here. We can't. We choking out here. We can't walk out. We had to force these people to close the schools down. They wanted to go ahead and put the colleges. The colleges were shut down. The elementary schools. Were. And you know why. Yeah. Follow the money. Yeah. And, and also, it, it makes a big difference, too. Those college professors, a lot of them uh, said, I'm just not coming to work. I mean, that's a good thing. They reached a point in their career, in their pocketbook, where they was like, mm, nah, son. Meanwhile, the struggling uh, teachers at the elementary school, <laughs> the junior high, was like, uh, I got to get this paper. And, and and thinking about that, too, there's a lot of uh, as we get ready to close, th- taking that in consideration. I said we go into this season. Everybody says it's a season of giving. And we think about, you know, this is for whatever reason, folks decide they want to spend two months to come together out the year. But those people out there affected by smoke and fire whose businesses are closed, you just lose out that day. Damn. So there's a lot of people who homes maybe didn't burn, but their job is closed for the week. And that's not paid time off. That's just. Make it happen. Make it work. You know, there are things that people are going through. We've got a certain sector of the population that we always want to jump to saying he must have been going through this. He must have been going through that. Well, let's just say everybody's going through something Mm. and keep that in mind when you deal with people in this life, regardless of the calendar day. And that shouldn't just be something that happens in the cold winter months. It's great if you give that dude a sandwich in December, but don't tell him to go to hell in July. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, just look out for each other a little bit. And get involved, get yourself active, support your community, support your people, and get out there and not only do something, but definitely make sure you say something. Say something, family. Say something. I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axius. Where can folks keep up with you? Barry Axius Facebook, Barry Axius Twitter, and Instagram at Team Voy. I am uh, Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at CEO. It's been Say Something Podcast. Be safe out there. And until next show. Yes, sir. We will holler at you later. Holler.